Hello and welcome back to our podcast and this time a podcast on prayer and on psalms. One of the things that I very very much want others and especially my congregation to learn is this intimacy with God and intimacy in prayer. The friendship with God is so important. For me it started when I was a very young boy. I was in primary school and I had a rather difficult and painful childhood. The problem was that my parents hardly ever got along when we were young. Very often I would hear my father shouting at my mother. It got so bad that so often I just hid under the bed. It wasn't that they were physically violent. It simply was that I was so afraid that family would break up. That the only way I could find solace was under the bed. It seemed like it was safer. But after a while I discovered that it was so much better walking up to the balcony and sitting there and talking to God. And as I talked, it became my favourite place. And it wasn't no longer simply when I was worried, when my parents were fighting or when I was unhappy. I began to look forward to being done with our chores, being done with dish dinner and dishwashing and studying and and then I'd rush up to the balcony and I'd sit there and spend a few hours just talking to God. God became a constant companion. Whether I was happy, whether I was sad, whether things were going well or things were going badly, I just needed to go up there to talk to God. He was like an invisible friend and yet in so many ways, though you could not see him, you could know that he was with me. Over time, I exchanged this sitting at the balcony to taking long walks. And once again, I enjoyed so much taking long walks and talking to God. So often, I would be going to a destination and I would get off the bus, maybe four bus stops, five bus stops before the destination, and then walk slowly to the destination, all the while yearning and wanting to talk to God. Now, of course, you wonder, what did I talk to God about? And what, what result was there? As I said, I talked to God about virtually anything, anything that happened, but especially about how I felt about things, about questions in my mind, about eventually wanting God to guide me, wanting to know God's direction for my future at one time. And just talking. You know, sometimes you talk to a best friend and people ask you, what do you talk about? And you say, well, things. You can't really put your finger on it. But it's everything. And I felt this deep security and joy and comfort whenever I talked. Now then, what sort of answer did I get? I mean, how does an invisible, inaudible God speak to me? Well, first of all, from a theoretical point of view, it's not inconceivable that an inaudible God can speak to us. After all, even in our day, we, we communicate not necessarily with sound and with a voice. We can communicate through writing. We can communicate even through eye, through sign language. And to some who have been very close to each other, we could even look at each other and know what the other is saying. And so we don't necessarily have to speak verbally or audibly. But what's more, we know there's such thing as um, extrasensory perception, 
where we can read each other's minds, that we don't have to go through the sound, we just know what the person is thinking. Of course, that's supernatural, but then if you're talking to God and God's talking to you, that's supernatural as well. And why isn't that possible? So what are the ways that God answers me or speaks to me? Well, first of all, if I had a question, if I mused about a question, so often as I ask God, I would begin to find answers, answers that I never thought about, original answers, um, things, thoughts that uh, were unusual but very true. And so as I talk to God about an issue, I might begin to think of certain answers. Or I might even find the answers from someone saying something or seeing a sign or reading it in a book or in the Bible. But somehow as I talked to God, as I raised questions with God, I began to get answers. At times when I was unhappy, when I was really in a rage, as I talked to God and yelled at God, I would find my heart being calmed. Somehow as I prayed, I would find a peace. There would be times when I would be very agitated, not angry, but just anxious and scared. And as I talked to God, I find that deep sense of peace. It was probably because of that that started all this, because as I feared for my family in my young days, as I poured out my heart to God, I felt this very strange peace and assurance that things would be alright, even in the midst of storms. And then, of course, there are, um, for some of us, at times, there may be visions and dreams that God shows to us. And then there are interesting coincidences as well. You may be asking God for direction and for confirmation. And then in strange ways, God gives you a sign, a letter. Um, a friend of mine was asking for direction, for, for confirmation of something. And right in front of her, on her calendar, on her uh, desktop, was a paragraph that told her that God, that, that God would, was asking her to make a certain decision. And so there are different ways of, that God speaks to us and that God converses with us. And it's sometimes hard to put our finger on it. And yet, what I know is that over these many, many years, 40 over years, as I began to talk to God, it became more and more real. But sometimes we want to be politically correct, or at least we want to be religiously and spiritually correct. We dare not tell God the raw stuff, the painful, angry parts. We want to talk to God and be polite and, and speak to Him like we agree fully with everything He says. And that's why I want us to read the Psalms. Because so often the psalmist brings before God contradictions. The psalmist brings before God what, the, what God may have said to him and what he sees in the world and they are miles apart. And he argues with God and he says, God, how can this be? I thought you are like this, but why is it like that? And these are some of the very important things that we must bring up to God. Because God would rather we be honest with our emotions. And so I will go through some of the Psalms. I can't go through all 150 of them. But during this period, I will pick a few Psalms that are different. 
that speak of wonder and joy and gratitude, of anger, of disillusionment, of hatred. Different types of prayers. And I want us to begin to learn to talk to God. I think there is a mental, um, mental barrier for some of us that we just can't talk to God for various reasons. Sometimes it's because we don't really believe that He exists. That's very valid. Or sometimes it seems rather silly to talk to someone that we can't see and um, who may not even hear us. And that's also very valid objection reservation. But if you really want to connect with God, then I ask that you try it. Not in public, not, not in front of me or anyone, but just, just talk. In the quiet of your room, you could say something to God and say, God, I want to believe in you, but I find it hard. Or you could, we could read a passage from the Bible and you, you just want to talk to God and ask Him some questions. And that's really a wonderful start. What's important then is that we start learning to talk to God. And then, well, if after a year or two, you find that it's really silly, you can stop it or you could call me and ask me whether it's such a real thing. Or you might discover that in very strange but tangible ways, God actually hears you and God answers you, not necessarily with an audible voice. He might answer you in your mind, in your heart. He might convince you with a sense of peace in your heart. Whatever it is, it's a good experiment to start with. And so today I want to start with Psalm 1. Now Psalm 1 is very different from all the other Psalms. In the sense that it is not a conversation with God, it is not a prayer to God. Rather, it seems very much like God speaking to us instead. And so as I read this psalm, I want you to imagine it's from some very senior, experienced old man. A man who has seen so much. A man who has experienced so much. And this man looking at all of his life, telling you what his conclusions about life are. Right? Listen that way. So you can imagine yourself as whether you're a young person sitting at the feet of this very old experienced man. Or you could see yourself as an equally old and senior person listening to what this old man is saying and then either agreeing with him or questioning him or disagreeing with him altogether. But listen, imagining that it is an old man who's telling you all that he has ever learned and seen what his conclusions are. So, Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like the shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, 
but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now then, it's our turn. Our turn to respond to this old man who has told us these truths. But realizing that this old man isn't just a 90-year-old man, he is the ancient of days, he is billions of years old, he is infinitely old, he is God himself, or he is our Heavenly Father. Imagine it is this God, this ancient of days, who has seen generations and generations, centuries and centuries of life go by, and who maintains that these are the truths, these are the conclusions of life, and these are the things that he's saying to you. Now you would have various questions. First of course would be the question of what do these things mean, and maybe I could help you with that first, because there are more difficult questions later on. But what does it mean to not step, walk in step with the wicked? I think when we say we do not walk in step with the wicked, it says that we do not take the values of this world. We do not walk with the same drumbeat. We do not walk with the same principles and values of the world. So for example, the world may say that it is important to take revenge and that would and not walking in step with the wicked would say, I will learn to forgive. Or the world may say, well, it's good to cheat. And if you want to get ahead, you've got to, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world and you've got to kill your rivals. And not walking in step may mean then that no, I will walk, I will live honestly, I will live compassionately. But it's important too to ask this old man then, what does it mean to walk in step? What does it mean in my life to walk in, not walk in step with the wicked? And then the next line says, in the way that sin or stand in the way that sinners take. To stand in the way that sinners take would in my mind be like succumbing to peer pressure. You may not agree, you may not be walking in step. That means you may not agree with sinners' values. You may know that they are wrong, and yet you will not make a stand out of it. Perhaps it is peer pressure that pushes you to take a stand together with them or to stand together with the sinners. And then to sit in the company of mockers. Mockers will be those who laugh at others. Of course, sometimes you want to unload and you want to let off steam and you say, hey, my boss is horrible. And then he scolded me for that. And you know, he does that. And then you're sitting among your colleagues. Well, not the best, not altogether wrong, I must say. But to mock another would be to talk bad about another person. And you know, even if it were a group of employees letting off steam about the boss, sometimes the conversations may get out of hand, you may start exaggerating, you may start to cover up the parts that are good about the boss and you only concentrate on the bad and everyone chips in and throws in another bad point. I remember in a class where um, a young man was and the class just hated this teacher and they poured more and more insults and stories about the teacher. And yet this young man wanted to respect the teacher and he stepped out of the group. And at the end of the day, he was the only student who showed great respect to this teacher. The others began to show contempt to the teacher because they the more they talked, the more contemptuous they were of that person. 
And so you need to be careful about that too. And so when they say that blessed is one who does not sit in the company of mockers, it does mean that you do not have drinks with them or you do not sit there and talk bad about another person. And sometimes as the conversation moves that way, as we start laughing at another person or talking bad of another or mocking certain people, good or bad, sometimes it's important that we stick, take a step back and say, well, maybe I wouldn't join them as these conversations are not helpful. Okay. So, so I think only these three lines need uh, much explanation. The rest are rather straightforward. But now, the important part. I want you to start talking to God. You don't have to write it down. I mean, if you wrote it in a journal, that would be wonderful. But you may not need to. You may want to muse and talk to God. And not just muse in your mind, but have a conversation with God today and tomorrow. Talking about what these truths or these statements are about. Let me give you a few examples. You may be a young person who's just starting out in life. And you may really want to know what it means then to walk with the Lord. And so your prayer could start something like this. Start with Father. Dear Father, what does it mean to not walk in the step with the wicked? In my job, I want to know what it means to, to live and to work honestly. In my dealings with others, I, want, I don't want the values of the world. I don't want to walk in step with the wicked ones. But God, I want to walk in righteous ways. Show me in each of my decisions what it means to, write, to walk righteously. And God, I also want to not stand in the way of sinners. That when I know something is wrong, when I know that someone's being bullied, that there is injustice, God, I want to help the people who suffer injustice and not silently agree with those who continue to perpetuate sin. And Father, give me the courage also when my colleagues and when my friends or when people say things that hurt others, that I may be gentle, yet I may be courageous to not join them. Because God, I want to really live my life the way that you tell me is the right way to live. Okay, you could pray that way. Or you could pray something differently too, depending on how you feel. You might say to God, God, you know, I'm just starting off in my life and I'm not sure how to live. But God, very often as I look at the world, I don't see how what you say can be true. The way I see it is the rich who always live like they're planted by streams of water. Whatever happens is the rich who flourish, it's the rich who survive. When people are responsible with the climate, it's the poor who suffer, it's the poor who, who starve, it's the poor who die. The rich continue to go to the moon and go to outer space and drive big cars and nothing seems to hurt them. When the floods come, they move to the mountains or when the floods come, they live in big houses that are on stilts. Nothing seems to hurt them, God. It seems like the most important thing in life is just to have money. God, if this isn't true, then show me a different way. 
Okay, this may be something that you really feel and want you to talk to God honestly. Or you may be someone who is very senior in life and you have experienced a lot. And much, some of the things that you've experienced are that you may agree with what God is saying in Psalm 1. And you might say, God, dear Father, I have lived many years and I have seen the times when I was walking in the ways of the wicked, I was standing with sinners and refusing or not daring to stand up for what was right. And there were times when I refused to walk in the ways of the wicked, when I insisted on living a life that was pleasing to you. And God, I've had many misfortunes. There were times when I tried to live honestly and bad things happened to me. I lost out in so many things. But God, one of the things that I've learned over all these years is that I've come out with a clear conscience and I feel clean and I feel that I've lived well. I may not be the richest person, but I'm grateful that my heart and my life is at peace. And as I look back, Lord, I realize that it is not about being prosperous in the worldly sense, but it is about being at peace. It is being at peace with myself, with you, with those around me. And I'm grateful that you taught me how to live well. Okay, so there are many, many things that you feel as you listened to this psalm. Express them to God. It's a very good habit to not just sit and muse, but to start your musing by saying, Dear God. Because as you say, Dear God, you become conscious that you're actually not just musing, not just thinking about it, but that you're actually talking to God. And the wonderful thing is that as you talk to God, you may discover that God responds to you in very wonderful and beautiful ways. So let's try this exercise for today and tomorrow. And then come Thursday, we'll read another psalm, a little bit of another psalm that will show you something else about the way God deals with us. Shall we close in prayer? Father, as we continue in our conversation with you, we ask that as we are honest with our feelings or the things that you teach us, but the truths that sometimes don't seem to gel with, with real life, Father, that we may be able to bring our doubts, our questions, our disagreements to you and that you are willing to hear all of it, even as you hear as, a gentle, as our gentle Father, you will answer us in loving ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, I encourage you to spend that time. And you can actually talk to God, not just in this time, but throughout the day. While you're driving, you could talk to God a little more and say, Yes, God, I remember this, what you said, and I've got more questions. Or while you're taking a bus or during lunchtime or even as you're doing your work, um, regular pauses every hour, you could stop again and say, God, let me 
think again about what you said and help me to reflect about that in the work that I'm doing now. So various ways where you can talk to God. And I hope that you begin to enjoy yourself. God bless you and have a great week ahead. Goodbye.